All right, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. I am Caleb, and with me as always is Brandon. And we were blessed this weekend with both our sports teams playing and both being, you know, entertaining, watchable games. Yeah, we can at least say that. Yeah, and actually history was made because something that hasn't happened since I think it was January 2018 uh you and I watched a football game together (laughs) (laughs) yeah that that probably is the last time we watched one together uh it was the South Carolina bowl game and I'm failing to remember if it was the postseason of 2017 or 2018 I kind of want to, you know, get it out of my memory for obvious reasons, but yeah, that was, uh, it's been a long time. It's kind of, it's kind of funny when I think about that, because it's not like we're all that far, far apart here in Michigan, but just never winds up happening, but we were able to watch the game and we were able to watch Michigan win, which did not happen the previous time. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but we always like to start things off with talking about the most exciting football, which is always the Lions. Uh, I will say it was an exciting game for a while. Yeah, the first half certainly was. Yeah, so apparently their game plan was just to not let Matthew Stafford have the ball. <laughs> and that wasn't half bad. Yeah, it it worked. So the Lions actually scored on their first drive with a screen pass to um, DeAndre Swift that went like 60-some yards. Uh, That was pretty awesome. They got the extra point, and then he went for an onside kick and got it. Which was dope. Yeah, and then on that drive, they did a fake punt pass. They got the first down, and I think they they only got a field goal out of that drive. (laughs) Yeah. So then... Uh, the Rams finally got the ball. Uh, was it like the drive after that that the Lions did another fake punt? Oh man, I I, I think it was. Yeah, it was like a it was a like a direct snap to CJ Moore. Mm-hmm. It he may ran have... for the first time. He ran for twenty eight yards on that. Yeah, Th- their fake plays had better offensive yards than their <laughs> regular plays. Pretty much. Oh gosh. So yeah, I mean they ended up losing twenty eight to nineteen, but they kept it interesting, I'll say. And I think everybody expected it to be a blowout. Yeah. Um I guess some numbers here. Goff, he went twenty two for thirty six for two sixty eight, a touchdown and two interceptions. Uh Jamal Williams had twelve carries for fifty seven yards. DeAndre Swift had 13 carries for 48 yards. He also had eight receptions for 96 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Khalif Raymond had 115 yards receiving. And pretty much the only guy in defense that really um, recorded anything spectacular was Julian Aguara had a sack. Uh, I will say the defense played fairly well, and they've improved in the last couple weeks. Yeah, while it wasn't flashy and there wasn't any big plays, I guess you would say, outside of what you just mentioned, uh, I would 
agree that they've been really solid. Yeah, and honestly, they did a pretty good job with dealing with the Rams offense, which mm. nobody's had an easy time doing. Um, yeah, just it's funny that the defense is all of a sudden decent and then the offense sucks. Go figure. Yeah. Like they've just been terrible the last few weeks. Um, some of the stuff for the Rams, Stafford went 28 for 41 for 334 and three touchdowns. Cooper Cup was like his main target. He had 10 receptions for 156 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, on the defense, Jalen Ramsey had an interception. And the Lions kept Aaron Donald without a sack, and he only had um, three tackles. So that's pretty impressive. That is impressive. I was not uh, expecting good news on that front. Yeah, there's a few times towards the beginning of the game, I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> like with all the fakes and going for it and all this kind of stuff. It just like, what is going on? Like they came out with like a lot of energy. Yeah, no, it was pretty awesome. And, you know, definitely give them credit. I mean, it was a nine point game. Uh, if, if there was one, it's not like I don't like Stafford, but I mean, it would have been kind of poetic for the Lions to get their only win against Matthew Stafford. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said to my wife. I'm like, watch the Lions um, beat Matthew Stafford in his first game against the Lions. <laughs> yeah. And well, something crazy I saw on Twitter, and I'll give credit where credit is due. Um, Usually I mention him pertaining to Michigan, but uh, on Twitter, LG Hale, mm -hmm. uh, he mentioned something really interesting that I thought was worth uh, sharing. That the last time the Lions won a game without Matthew Stafford on their roster was December 23rd, 2007. Yeah. Yeah, because all of 2008, they didn't win a game. Yeah, so a regular all... season game because they went four and zero in two thousand eight preseason. Yeah, but those aren't really games. So yeah, but yeah, they're they're own twenty five in games without Stafford <laughs> since that that date. Yikes! Yep. So Lions uh, football. I saw somewhere that something about the Lions are officially the best. 0-7 team ever or something like that. <laughs> okay. Because like their margin of loss and like amount of points scored or something like that. Like mathematically they're the best 0-7 team ever. <laughs> That's a new way to put that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> trying to trying to find small victories in like the worst <laughs> scenario ever. Yeah. Well, I can say this upcoming game might be their best chance to get their first win. Yeah, I know. It's like the smallest point spread they've had so far, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. They're playing the Eagles, who are kind of crappy. Um, yeah, man, the Eagles are kind of rebuilding, too. Really, all they got, they got Jalen Hurts at quarterback. And, I mean, he's kind of he's okay. Yeah, he's really flaky. He's one of my QBs in fantasy, and he's really up and down. Yeah. Um, 
And then you got Miles Sanders at running back. He's pretty decent, but they don't seem to use him all that much. Um, they kind of throw in Kenneth Gainwell there a lot, too. Um, I mean, nothing against Kenneth Gainwell. He's having a pretty good season, but like when you got a guy that's as solid as Sanders, it seems like you'd want to feed him the ball. Um, and then, I mean, they got Devontae Smith at wide receiver. And, you know, he's a rookie. Um, former Heisman Trophy winner. But he's been playing pretty decent. He's having a good rookie season. I mean, for as bad as the Eagles are. And then on the defensive side of the ball, there's a familiar face with uh, Darius Slay. Who's hey. probably their best corner. Uh, and then on the defensive line, they got Justin Hargrave, who's leading the team in sacks. He's got six right now. And you got Fletcher Cox, who he's kind of taking a, a step back. He's not maybe lost a step, but he's still a really good player. Um, that game is on at one on Fox. So thank God, because right. I cannot stand those stupid four o'clock games. I, I was saying, like, I think the four o'clock game might be the worst. Yeah, I because, think we did a, a breakdown of that before. Yeah, everybody knows that I don't like Monday Night Football, but I think if the four o'clock game's worse because it happens in the middle of the day, like you can't get anything done. Yeah, and then Thursday night might be after that. Yeah, Thursday night's kind of kind of crappy too. Actually, you know what? What's a a rough time is the uh, England games. Oh the, yeah, those nine o'clock ones. Oh my god! Like I I enjoy them because I always like having a game ahead of the rest, but I I'm never prepared. Never prepared. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, I forgot to check my fantasy team. Exactly. Half my guys are playing. Yeah, I, well, I guess if let if half of your team is Jacksonville Jaguars, because they always <laughs> seem to play in, in London. Hey, it's the only place they can win. Right. <laughs> oh gosh, but yeah, that's really all I got. Um, I feel like the Lions match up pretty well with the Eagles. I think it'll probably be a close game. I don't think the Lions are going to blow them out or anything, but I. I feel positive that the Lions can get a win. As yeah. long as they don't suck it up like they do sometimes. Yeah, well, there's just as much chance for the Lions to win the game as there is the chance that they're going to make the Eagles look like a playoff team. <laughs> yeah, one of two things is going to happen. <laughs> Either the Lions could possibly win or they're going to make the Eagles look like the most amazing thing. Yeah. So come Sunday and find out. Yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. That's uh that's back in Detroit, right? I think. Um, I believe so. So I did not check that. Yes, it is at Detroit. All right. Great. Well, of course we will be talking more about that when we do score predictions. Anything else important to mention before we proceed? Uh, I don't think so. All right. Well, then that means we get to move along to Michigan football, which made its return this weekend. And it was a home game for the Wolverines. 
as the number six team hosted Northwestern Wildcats. And it was a slow and lousy first half. And honestly, as we were talking about in last episode, this really should have been a shutout. Uh, We talked about the possibility of it being a shutout. And then because of one bad play uh, by the defense, um, like everybody was all over the place and the play just collapsed. Uh, They got their long touchdown run and their seven points on the board. Outside of that, Northwestern basically did nothing. It didn't feel like a big win, um, like a solid win. And I think that was mostly because the first half was so slow. I mean, there were no points scored in the first quarter. Michigan scored 10 in the second, and then they were about to score right before halftime before they turned it over. And so that was kind of deflating. But Mm -hmm. then they took complete control in the second half and uh, did a, did a solid job. So definite room for improvement. Uh, most of, most of the game was Cade McNamara. He went 20 for 27, uh, only 129 passing yards because that's what Michigan does. Uh, JJ McCarthy, while he was in was three for five for 34 yards. Uh, no passing touchdowns for anybody that day. Both Haskins and Corum put up over 100 yards rushing, but our question of the week was if the team would have over 300 yards rushing and they were six yards short. (laughs) And actually, you know whose fault that was? Yours? Cade McNamara. Because he had negative negative six yards. What a jerk. Oh, totally ruined it for us. So close. Um, but yeah, then because there was hardly any passing, a leading receiver was Eric all who had five receptions for only 34 yards, but there were a couple of key ones in there. <laughs> so, and then Brad Hawkins and Daxton Hill led the defense, both of them with six total tackles, five receptions for 34 yards. That just tells you the kind of routes that we make our tight ends run. Yeah. We never throw down the field to tight ends. It's always just like, here, run a cross pattern. Here, run a slant. Well, uh, they can be dependable on the third down, but for the fact of that being not just the tight end, but also the leading receiver (laughs) tells you what kind of play calling they're doing. I mean, what there were, I think there were two, maybe three deep passes during the game and both of them were well covered one mm-hmm. of them i think was probably into double coverage um but yeah not exactly a lot of plays that will uh open things up for the receivers to create separation so but uh it it was a good game to watch yeah quote unquote for the most part, like I said, the second half, the second half was better. And, you know, by the time it got to halftime, I mean, it was 10 to seven. I wasn't, I don't know. Um, I wasn't really worried about it. Michigan has been kind of known to be more of a, a second and a half team, nothing, nothing huge uh, or whatnot, but Northwestern's not a scary offensive team. So I wasn't expecting much. And as to that, they, didn't score at all in the second half. So 
Uh, it was good win for them to come out of the bye week and get things going because they have a big one on the road coming up this week. Oh yeah. So now before, um, I think before I jump into this, there is something that I do kind of want to talk about. It's going to be, uh, just about popular discussion and everything that's been going on in social media or with the Michigan fan base, but uh, there are going to be some people who I want, I want to talk kind of expand my thoughts on the quarterback situation because I've talked with some people on social media and basically, you know, it's almost impossible to convey your thoughts completely. And so I know it's really touchy subject with the entire fan base because you have what seems like the hundred percent Cade McNamara, or the hundred percent JJ McCarthy. Like there is no in between. Mm -hmm. So I want to address something that it seems like everybody is overlooking in this conversation. And to start things out, I'm going to say, I am happy with Cade McNamara. Are there obvious areas that things should be better? Yes. Do I think Cade McNamara should continue starting? Yes there's kind of like a, a butt attached to that though, that I'm going to get to. So, so here's the big thing that I don't really see anybody talking about. And that is the play calling. This Michigan team is great because of what these players are doing and accomplishing. I feel like this offense, the play calling is man, I don't know what term you want to give it, but rather on the basic side, like you don't, yeah. you don't look at it each week and be like, Oh my gosh, that was amazing. Like what a spectacular game plan. They did such a great job. You, you don't say that about this game. What happens is there are what I'll just refer to for now, basic play calls that these great athletes are able to capitalize on. You don't see these plays where you get these receivers wide open you don't see these plays. Uh, you see a lot more plays with the running backs able to create things and make big plays, but you don't really see them develop a lot. So this offense is not any, the offensive play calling is nothing I would say special. And so when you want to look at that from the quarterback position, you have we have a game manager now in Cade McNamara, which is great. But when you have a basic offense like this, what what are you going to expect from it? He's not going to do anything spectacular with it. Like that's not his skill set. He's going to go out there. He's going to do what you put out in front of him, and he is going to uh, not turn not turn over very much. And he's going to be smart with the ball. And that's how Michigan has gotten to where they are now. I mean, a bunch of other factors, but that's this is kind of like trimming off the fan, just getting to the point. Mm -hmm. Now, if you put J.J. McCarthy in, he has a special skill set, not taken away from Cade McNamara. Cade McNamara is good. That's I already said about him starting and everything, and I'm good with that. But J.J. McCarthy brings more than Cade McNamara does. He just does. He can make something from nothing. That's what this offense, this current offense needs. 
is a quarterback that can make something from nothing because come end of the season, last game of the regular season, we know what happens. We know who comes up. This current offense, in my opinion, is not going to be able to get it done. It's not. Mm -hmm. Because you need that next level. And Michigan does not have that next. So two things, one of two things need to happen. Either this offensive play calling needs to change and they need to have it fit better with what Cade McNamara does. Cause he's not going to, he's not going to throw people open. He's not going to, you know, run around in the backfield and have things break down and find somebody open in, in the middle of nowhere. No, you need to do better with these offensive play calls and open things up and run better routes. And for, for the love of God, two things run more to the outside because that's what, Michigan has been had some of the most success with and two on third downs stop having your check down route be short of the yard of game like please uh so that either needs to happen or they need to switch over to JJ McCarthy that that though one of those two things has to happen for there to be a chance come the end of the season now, I'm specifically talking about the end of the season because this game coming up this weekend against Michigan State, Kane McNamara and this current offense can go in there and win it. I'm confident in that. I'm not guaranteeing it because, you know, there are a bunch of factors in there, but they have the capability of doing that. So this is not something that has to happen right away. But come the end of the season, one of those two things has to happen. That's why I'm okay with Cade right now. But if we don't find that we see things changing in the next couple of weeks where they're changing some of the play calling and getting things to work better for Cade, then they better be giving more time to JJ McCarthy because he's going to have to show up for the final game against OSU to be able to give this team a chance to win. Mm -hmm. So that, that is my thoughts on the quarterback situation. Cause like I said, so I'm not coming in here and being like, dude, bench Cade start JJ. Like this is, an honest step back, look at the situation. Kate can do this, but not with this offense. Yeah. So I, I think everybody's just getting hung up on JJ McCarthy. Oh, he's spectacular. He can do X, Y, and Z. And that's right. He can do that. But also he hasn't played as much time as Kate McNamara has. And so would he do other things? Not as well you know, or all these other things like Cade, Cade has not done anything that you need. To the team is undefeated. Cade has not done anything for you to pull him from the starting position, but there's the juggernaut at the end. And if something doesn't change, then don't expect good results for that game. Mm -hmm. So Take that for what it is. I know that's not completely a Michigan State topic right now as we're doing the preview for the game, but I, I had to take the opportunity to express more of my thoughts rather than like trying to type it out there and tweet it because way too much depth going into that conversation there. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, like you said, like right now, there's, it doesn't make sense to bench Cade because he's winning but like you said like this offense has got to be geared a little towards his skill set just a little bit more if we're going to expect to beat some of the better teams on our schedule yeah uh, e even even this week because michigan state's one of the better teams that we're going to play mm -hmm. 
I, I feel pretty good about Michigan going into this game, which of course I'll talk more about when we get into predictions, but mm-hmm. um, now perfect time to start talking about it. Uh, both teams undefeated number six playing against number eight um, on the road and Michigan state has a good balance between the running game and the passing game. I mean, everyone is probably pretty well familiar with uh, the matchup by now. I imagine if you're spending time out of your day to listen to a Michigan podcast, you are familiar with the Michigan State football team to a certain degree. Um, So Thorne uh, is doing solid at quarterback. I mean, he's got 1,700 yards. He's got 15 touchdowns, four interceptions. Uh, Walker, a name everybody's familiar with. A little surprising to me that he hasn't, like, so he's got 152 carries and nine touchdowns. Corum has 116 carries and 10 touchdowns. The big difference is only about 250-ish yards. Um, uh, rushing. So I was kind of expecting there to be a bigger gap there. Um, but then uh, their leading receiver is Reed with 27 receptions and over 500 yards receiving and five touchdowns. So Michigan, Michigan State, relatively comparable. Uh, Michigan scoring a, little, a few more points per game and Michigan's defense holding opponents to a few more few points less than Michigan State. But all in all, pretty close. Uh, the total yards per game is – a difference of less than 10 yards for the, each team. Wow. Uh, it's pretty much kind of flip-flop. Um, Michigan State is averaging around 250 yards passing. Michigan is averaging around 250 yards rushing. And then Michigan State's averaging about 200 yards rushing while Michigan is at 190 passing. So. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I did some number breakdowns and looked at some things more closely, uh, because I was noticing this cause I was keeping track of what state was doing and things like that. And so Michigan state is more of a first half team than a second half team. They've been averaging 21 points in the first half while only around 12 points in the second half. While Michigan is actually fairly balanced with seven, uh, about 17 points in the first half and 19 points in the second half. Okay. So um, I'll kind of get to uh, some more thoughts on that with uh, talking about the when I get to my prediction. But, I mean, this is Michigan-Michigan State game. And, you know, since a couple of years ago with what happened with Devin Bush – since Mel Tucker came in and handed Harbaugh a, la- a loss last year, which was absolutely embarrassing. And what we've seen mentally from this Michigan team so far this year, you have to imagine, and I feel like uh, everybody's all in on this. We know Michigan State is. Michigan State is always all in with this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels like Michigan is ready for it going into it. 
Uh, I feel fairly confident. I know I just did that whole dialogue on the offen- um, offensive play calling, but the Michigan team that we have seen for the first seven games, uh, if we see the Michigan team that played Washington and Wisconsin, um, is there another one in there that I felt was maybe a good one? Pro- probably those are the two best examples. If the Michigan team that played Washington and the Wish- Michigan team that played Wisconsin shows up, then I am confident that Michigan is going to be able to win this game. I mean, of course, like each week is different and you have to see how things go. And, you know, it's college football. That's one of the things that makes it so awesome is that you never really know how things are going to turn out. Um, but I I just feel like even though this is, as I just label it, kind of like a basic offense, Michigan State has not faced a team like Michigan yet. I mean, mm-hmm. let's go through their their list of games here so far. Northwestern, Youngstown State. Miami, Nebraska, Western Kentucky, Rutgers, and Indiana. Uh, They've all had uh, decent win margins, except for their two closest games. They had a three-point overtime win at home against Nebraska, and then they had a five-point road win against Indiana, which was their last game before this bye week for them. Those two close games, those defenses held Walker under a hundred yards rushing. So that is going to be a key is keeping Walker below a hundred yards rushing. And then also being able to put pressure on Thorne and clamp down on the passing uh, on the passing attack of Michigan state, which I believe that Michigan is going to do be able to do because all those teams I just listed, the most credible one is probably Miami, uh, which isn't, I mean, they were ranked at one point, but they're not anymore. They've got yeah. one, two, three, four losses now. Um, so take that for what's worth. And then the next, uh, next best team even though their record is atrocious, I mean, Michigan had a hard time with them, is Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And that was one of their close games. So I don't see anybody on this list that would make me believe that they've seen anything that they're going to really face like they have in Michigan. And that's where it comes down to Michigan usually in games like this where it's a physical game and the conditioning and the level of players. Michigan State and Michigan are right there with each other. I mean, they they recruit well against each other. But I think with the way that they're set up, that especially with having two running backs and Quorum's uh, dual threat of being able to uh, catch some short passes, mm-hmm. that they will have a better second half and be able to uh, pull away in the end. So uh, have you had any thoughts so far from what you've seen or uh, what you've looked at for Michigan State? <laughs> Uh, you kind of took a lot of what I was going to say. Um, (laughs) yeah, I just, you know, Walker hit, especially in the earlier games, he was a fair amount of the offense. Um, once teams were able to slow him up a little bit, they relied a little bit more on a passing game and now they got more of an equal balance. It seems, um, but yeah, I think 
holding Walker under 100 yards uh, definitely is the key. And, you know, Michigan's pass rush is, is pretty solid. And the secondary has really stepped up in the last few weeks. You know, they kind of got off to a rough start. But, you know, they've shown some growth and some discipline the last few weeks. So I think it's going to be a really close game. I don't think that we're going to see a blowout. Um, either way. Uh, yeah. And I think it's... I, I saw a stat that... um. Since Harbaugh has been the coach at Michigan, hasn't he gone like he hasn't beat Michigan State at home? Uh correct. And but he is, hasn't and he hasn't lost at Spartan Stadium, right? I I believe that is correct. That's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> so basically there's trade games every other year. So if we're gonna continue in that, then you know Michigan's gonna win. <laughs> uh oh wait, actually, you know what? Uh, well, one thing I was looking at too was just the whole idea. Of, uh, somebody, who, oh, what was it? Somebody was saying, "No, Michigan did win in Ann Arbor um, because 2019 was in Ann Arbor." Okay, I couldn't remember. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was because uh, that was the weird thing though was that 2019 and uh, 20 were back to back, and uh, in Ann Arbor. Okay. That always throws you off. So, yeah, so he has one in uh, Ann Arbor, but he has not lost. Yeah, since he came, he has not lost in East Lansing. Interesting. So that's that's a fair point. And then um, also Michigan State hasn't won back-to-back years since 14-15. So Michigan State has never won back-to-back years since Harbaugh has been at Michigan. So, so here, here are the things that are favoring Michigan. One, Michigan has, State has not won back-to-back years since Harbaugh has come to Michigan. Two, Michigan State has not won in East Lansing against Harbaugh uh, since he has coached at Michigan. And I thought there was a third one. But that's two major things right there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll think of the third one, but. So um, to go uh, more on to what you were saying as well about Walker, um, the so the games that they were close in, Thorne threw for under 200 yards. So if they can keep Walker 100, under 100 yards and keep Thorne under 200 yards, then I do believe that Michigan is going to have a really great chance or I'm I'm going to say this because that was the Nebraska and Indiana games that those two were where they kept Walker under 100 and Thorne under 200. If mm-hmm. Michigan can do that thing, that same thing, then Michigan's going to win, in my opinion. Because yeah. um, the other ones where um, anytime that you saw Walker with low rushing yards, their passing yards were almost 300, if not over 300 yards. So, and I don't even know if them if Michigan has let another team put 300 yards passing up. So, so I have a question for you. I'll have an answer. What's up? How many times is the Fox broadcast going to mention the the little brother comment by Mike Hart now that he's the running backs coach? 
Probably not as much as they're going to me- talk about trouble with the snap. Ugh. They got to show that one kid from Saginaw's face over and over and over with his hands on his head. Oh, yeah. That, that guy was from Saginaw? Yeah. He went to, um, oh, gosh, Heritage High School. Nice. Was he a Michigan student or was he just a fan in the sands? No, nah, he was a Michigan student. Okay. Interesting. I never heard that part of that story. Yeah, the reason I know, because when I used to work for that print shop in Saginaw, they had like a, there was like a fundraiser thing in like the city of Saginaw for like local business. And uh, that guy was there like signing autographs and like all the money he made from it was donated to like charity. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Quote unquote Michigan kid is what they always called it. I would have. I would have probably labeled a Michigan Cobra for the surrender Cobra. <laughs> Cobra Kai. All right. Uh, well, I think that's most of it. I'll mention a few things in uh, score prediction as well. Did you have uh, anything? Um, no, I don't think so. I think just in scores. Okay. I have uh, totally not prepared my score predictions, but that's okay because you get to start with the Lions. So, hooray! Yeah, what you got? Uh, like I said, I I think the Lions might win this one. I don't think it's going to be very high scoring because both teams suck. Uh, I've been giving the Lions offense a little too much credit lately, so I think the Lions are going to win this one, seventeen to thirteen, and it's going to be boring. I mean, they did put a 19 against the Rams, but that was with the three trick plays. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, 17 to 13, Lions get their first win of the season. Okay. So then they won't be with the number one overall pick. They'll be tied with like four other teams or whatever. No. That they're going to ruin it somehow. You know they are. They're not going to get the number one pick. They're going to no. win some pointless games and end up with like the number six pick. And then like the guy that we really want in the draft will get picked like four or five. Uh, I got to say it because I, I was waiting to say it. No, my sweatshirt. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm not in agreement with you. I mean, I could totally see that happening, but I'm going to be predicting another another loss for Detroit because why not? You know, <laughs> might as well. Might as well. Uh, this one is going to be another lovely, fashionable loss because I, my score prediction is going to be Detroit twenty, Philly twenty one. A nice <laughs> one point. Lost right there. So you're saying a last minute touchdown, an extra point by the Eagles? Yeah, something like that. Or uh, Detroit will come back and get it within one. And then, well, no, they would probably they would go for two. I don't know. It's going to be a one point loss. That's my. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Uh, do, 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 do. So then that means we get to move on to Michigan. So I, um, Michigan currently is favored by four and a half points. 
and the over under is 50 and a half points. So as I said, if Michigan can hold Walker under a hundred yards and can keep the passing game under 200 yards, my prediction is Michigan wins the game. Uh, as we were saying, I'm in agreement with what you said. I, I don't think either, uh, however ends that anyone's going to have a blowout win. So <clears throat> I am – I think that things are going to look really good for Michigan too, especially if they have a, a lead at halftime because I said Michigan is more of a second-half team than – Michigan State is. I had other numbers here. Where is it? Uh, Yeah. So Michigan has had six different quarters in the second half with double digits, with scoring double digits. Michigan State has only had three quarters in the second half with scoring double digits. So just... More and more things. Uh, Michigan has uh, averaging more than seven points more than Michigan State does in the second half. So if Michigan has the lead at halftime, then I feel fairly confident um, that they'll be able to finish out as well. Uh, I think that this is going to look kind of similar to the Wisconsin game. Um, they're going to try to work their running game as much as possible, but they will need to work in the passing game to be able to be effective and have a balanced attack against Michigan State. Otherwise, they're going to shut down the run game, and if Michigan can't pass, then they're going to be out of luck and not win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so my score prediction is for Michigan to put up man I feel like it's kind of a lot I'm going to put the score at 34 to 21 Michigan right I think it's going to be a little bit closer than that you know what I would love for Michigan well, State to be making a drive and completely and utterly botch something horribly and lose. <laughs> so then we could stop talking about trouble with the snap. Right. <laughs> like for the center to snap the ball over Thorne's head. Michigan scoops it up and runs for a touchdown and wins. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, well, I'm hoping it won't be that close. It'd be so great. No, I'm just thinking like Michigan or Michigan State's trying to drive down. We already got the lead. Okay. Um, that's not gonna happen. I wish it would, but you know, I think these are both pr- two pretty good teams. I think Michigan's better, and you know, at the beginning of the season, I think I predicted a loss for Michigan, but I don't know what they've showed me so far. I've, I've been impressed at times. I've been worried at times, too, that Rutgers game has been the worst one all season. Mm-hmm. Um, but a win's a win at the end of the day. Offensive play calling. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, gosh. And, you know, I'm always... 
kind of like half worried going to the state game because you know, usually Michigan, like either they'll come out and play well or they come out and play horrendous. Right. And it just, those games just irritate the hell out of me. <laughs> uh, I'm hoping that the play calling is decent at best. Um, or decent at worst, I guess. But I, I think Michigan is going to take this one. I have a little bit lower score than you do. Uh, I got Michigan 24 and MSU 17. Okay. I think it's going to be a one possession game, but Michigan will win. Rock. All right. Well, yeah, it's going to be a big one on Saturday at noon. Dude, did you hear that college game day and big noon kickoff are going to be there? Really? Yeah. Like I, I was asking, I don't know, but apparently somebody, uh, cause I asked, I was like, has this ever happened before? And somebody said that they've heard it has, but I don't know exactly when, I mean, it would have to be obviously a big 10 game, but it's, I, I've never heard Michigan, of Michigan, Ohio state. Maybe I don't think so. How long has the big noon kickoff been around? I don't know. About three, four years. Because, yeah, I don't think it was around 2016, which that would have made sense. But anyways, yeah, apparently they're both going to be there. So rock. If anybody's in East Lansing, I guess you have two parties you can go to. Craig? (laughs) Two chances to be on TV. All right. Well, also with that being said, though, if you ever want to share your thoughts about the Lions or about Michigan, we do have our voicemail. We didn't have any voicemails this week, but I I imagine there's going to be plenty of people with things to say after the Michigan State game. Uh, Feel free to call our voicemail, which is 551-258-3276. And with that, we appreciate you all hanging out with us. We are looking forward to this weekend. Hey, are we going to do lock of the week? No, we're not. (laughs) Actually, I totally forgot about lock of the week and question of the week. You're getting ahead of yourself here, dude. I am. I was. I need to make up some points, so. Uh, You're only behind by. We both scored the same amount of points last time, so you're still just behind by one. (sighs) So, yeah, lock of the week. Okay. Well, since you totally threw that in my face, do you want to do your lock first? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do these NFL locks always blow up in my face. Uh, every week I feel confident, but I don't know, I'm still feeling confident about this one. So the Titans are only a one point favorite over the Colts. and I don't know why. So I'm going to take the the Titans to cover that. The way the right. Titans have been rolling lately with Henry. Yeah, he's just, throwing touchdown passes now. Gosh. <sighs> he almost has to because Tannehill hasn't been as good as he has been in the past. But yeah, I think the, the Titans are definitely going to win by more than one. All right. Then what's your B1G lock? My B1G lock. Uh, you know, they helped me out last week, so I'm going to do it again. So I'm going to take Minnesota covering the negative seven and a half point spread against Northwestern. Rock. So I don't think Northwestern is going to rebound after losing to Michigan. And Minnesota, Minnesota could make a run potentially depending on what happens with the Iowa Wisconsin game for the West. So that will be interesting. 
All right. So questions of the week, man. I don't know. I kind of want an, an interesting one. So I'm going to actually look at this and I am going to put the question out there. Will McNamara throw for over 150 yards? Hmm. He has done it. I'll give you a little more information. He has done it. One, two, three, four times against Northern Illinois, Rutgers, Wisconsin, and Nebraska. But he did not do it against Northwestern, Washington, or Western Michigan. I'm going to say yes. Okay. I am going to say Yes. I had to think about it for a second. Because I, I keep each week I keep wondering if they're going to use JJ more or what they're going to do. And so this is this is kind of like a a stepping stone week where it's just like, hey guys, you know, you gotta you gotta do more with the passing <laughs> offense or you gotta get JJ in there because you know you gotta start building more momentum towards the end of the season. Yep. All right, Lions, what you got? Uh, so he's been kind of a turnover machine lately. Do you I got the over under that Jared Goff throws one interception? And I'm gonna say over. Mm, 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 over. Uh I am because you can do this when you bet. I'm gonna take the even. <laughs> Dun, That's dun, a good call. Done. Take that. Throw that question in your face. All right. Okay. Now we're at the end of the show. So <laughs> if you want to call and leave a voicemail, that's 551-258-3276. And thank you. one blue bro. Blue bro. Yes. We were able to snag that one, which was a good one. So we appreciate you guys uh, hanging out. We appreciate everybody who chats with us on social media. Uh, you can catch us on there. We've got the Blue Bros Sports and then also my own personal account of Blue Bros underscore Caleb, real original there. So, <laughs> And uh, we like to finish things off each week with Go Blue. Go Blue.